Hello and welcome. My name is Rasputin, and this is Once Upon a Roll, a D&D podcast where I run a one-on-one session with a new guest each episode in the Kingdom of Cortia, a homebrew setting I've been using for the past X amount of years. Today, I have, as always, a wonderful guest, but I'm going to act like you're more wonderful than others because you're here talking with me now. I am joined with my good friend, Wizawut, also known as Steve. Uh, Steve, <laughs> thank you for the extra special welcome, D. I feel yeah. so special right now. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, ready to play some Dungeons and Dragons. A little, ner- little nervous because... Uh... Me too. <laughs> oh, good. I- that makes me feel really good. You're nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, like, so every time I've done one of these, especially with people who haven't played as much D&D, they always start with like, yeah, I'm feeling a little nervous you know and i'm like i i don't know how to put it i've played a lot of DD. i've run a lot of games this is my podcast mm-hmm. i always think i'm more terrified <laughs> i don't know why i just uh i feel it if, i don't know if that makes you feel better or worse you know it lets me know that you care and that's good enough true. for me <laughs> <laughs> true well uh, the first question i ask and i I've, i know the answer because i've i've played briefly with you is mm-hmm. uh what what's your DD experience so i've dabbled and emphasis mm-hmm. on dabbled because i think there was like two games that i was a part of and i think it only lasted one session for either of them <laughs> uh the first one was like kind of rough i wasn't really feeling it too much uh and i think that was because like i wasn't like super like excited about my character i guess and there was a lot of like uh i guess for lack of a better term gameplay where for me, the kind of draws mm-hmm. like more so like the role play kind of stuff. Yeah. And then the second session, I had a character that I thought was very entertaining to role play as. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. And I'm not really sure why that ended up never continuing, but that's okay because I'm here reviving that character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I, I was in that second game with you as a player. Right. Right. Which, yeah, I mean, from what I recall, it's been a while. Uh-huh. I think there ended up being a lot of players. I think it was like seven players. Oh, yeah. Because um, a lot of people wanted to play, which uh, big games can be a lot of fun, but they're they're hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they are tough and everything takes seven times as long. Yeah. <laughs> as it turns out. I'm I'm excited that we'll get the chance to revive, revive your boy because I think he's a fun one. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. This is... I think when you asked me to do this and I was like, we got to we got to bring this guy back. Like, this is going to make mm-hmm. it really fun for me, I think. Do you remember how big the other game you played in was? I'm not sure. I, I had to guess it was probably between like four and five players. OK. You know, I, I always say this at the beginning. It'll it'd definitely be a lot different with just one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but ho- hopefully that's good because hopefully it'll be a little more quick on the role playing or like the gameplay stuff will go a little quicker because it's just you you Mm -hmm. know and you can infuse a little bit more role play into that without again big games can be great but sometimes it's like you you've waited like 40 minutes for your turn to come up in combat (laughs) and then you're like well i want to do something cool but at the same time i don't want to take up a lot of time and you know Mm -hmm. annoy everyone else uh it it can be a harder thing to do Mm mm-hmm Cool. Well, I'm excited to see how this goes for your lad and, and uh, see how you enjoy the one-on-one style. Yeah. I mean, my my 
I guess from what I understand, my character class is a little out there. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be a little tricky to come to grips with through this. We'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll stumble through it together. Before I jump into it, and I should have led with this, but I'm a bad host. Uh, where, where might people find you on the internet? Oh, find me on the internet. Uh, so I make YouTube videos. Uh, my channel, like you introduced me, is Wizzlewut. I make kind of, honestly, since we're both here, let me just go ahead and say Rasputin Light. <laughs> if you like Rasputin videos, you like those good video essays about them games, you like a little personal flair, you know, hey, I taught my girlfriend how to play Super Mario 64, so like, you know, we're kind of Rasputin Light out here. Here, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a decent, I feel like I, I learned a lot from you though, when we were both making videos a long time ago. So I'm really a uh, whizzlewhat like. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, art imitates art <laughs> and uh, we're here now. Okay. Listen, I just have one request. If anybody from your uh, audience comes into my comments and says, dude, you're just a Rasputin rip off i'm gonna need you to come in and defend me and be like actually i'm nah, a wizard <laughs> <laughs> you just hadn't heard of him true that's on you <laughs> not him that's not on steve <laughs> yeah i mean uh obviously you and i have been friends for a long while and i, mm -hmm. I love all the stuff you do uh so appreciate if, that if any of you like good video essays uh, definitely check out what on YouTube. Sweet. But we're not here to talk about YouTube videos. Video essays, video, more like video essays. <laughs> Let's jump into this episode of Once Upon a Roll. The kingdom of Cortia has thrived for over a thousand years. In that time, it has endured war against powerful enemies, outlasted deadly feuds between its lords, and fought against evil both of this plane and others. However, during the most recent festival of the autumn sun, the sage's ritual revealed a nearly forgotten omen, the sign of Black Sun, a symbol only seen once before and it almost led to the destruction of Cortia. Panicked, the common folk in the capital city rioted, and when the dust settled, the king was dead, and his two children had disappeared in the night. The lord of the city of Edgewood, Tom Dunn, restored peace to the capital, and with no heirs of the king anywhere to be seen, he decided to sit the throne and take the position of Lord Regent. This story, however, is about a goblin. More specifically, you. Archimedes Brick of Clan Redass. Named after the reddish pigment discoloration spanning from every goblin in the clan's lower back down to their knees, Clan Redass originally was a name given by other goblins to mock your clan. But unashamed and unafraid, Clan Redass made the moniker their own. The clan is all you have known. It's been your entire world. That is until now. Not long ago, you found a tome of ancient runes with promises of magic behind each symbol, a tome you knew very well would not be accepted by your people. As you showed it to other goblins in your clan, they told you to stop, to leave it alone, but you decided to do something better, to set out on your own and learn more magic, hopefully to eventually return to your people with proof that it would benefit their lives and help them move forward. 
And that is how you found yourself traveling across the Alder Plains, a hundred or so miles from any major city of note. As it turns out, finding hidden magics is kind of hard, especially as a goblin in a kingdom that isn't very keen on goblin folk. However, you have had some leads, and that is what has brought you to the village of Bolafelt. More specifically, rumors of a great wizard living near the village, who just so happens to also be a goblin. Mm, gasp. <laughs> The core of the village, as you walk through it, is maybe 10 to 12 buildings, all things said and done. Uh, it looks like mostly places where craftsmen are, you know, blacksmiths and, and uh, tinkerers, and you see some shops and taverns. Uh, mostly folks who technically live in the village seem to live outside of it in various farmhouses. You step down this dirt road that goes through the center of town. Uh, can you give me a quick description of, of what you look like? I imagine Archie is uh, shirtless, mm -hmm. and he's got just a kind of sack like uh, like pants, like just a makeshift sack, and just uh, if you're looking at him, you can kind of just see like the the red of the red ass just like poking mm -hmm. out <laughs> from the sack. It's almost like trying to cover it a little bit, but not doing a great job. He's got a a sack, a pack on his back with his tome and and a, a little red mohawk on top of his head and that's about it. <laughs> it's beautiful. And and what's strapped uh, across your back? You would have your, or is that hidden in your? Not to give too much away. <laughs> um, it's got some tinkers tools and a tome that that was found in the uh, at the clan red ass home. Mm-hmm. So you step through, you know, shirtless with a red mohawk, uh, ass hanging out, just like, you know, a little bit of the red showing. Uh, you know, you get the sense, as you've probably been through a few villages across Cortia, because originally you came from the mountain range known as the Belt, which is just a long mountain range that goes through part of Cortia and goes through the neighboring countries of Brana and Tilb. Probably came pretty far from the west far away from Cortia, so you haven't been around typical civilization mm -hmm. all that much until this journey and and the response has been largely negative leaning <laughs> uh, of people being a little uh, concerned with you because most people in Cortia have have really only heard of goblins through like folk tales and mm -hmm. things like that, and, and most have not had actual experiences with them. But yeah, y you have been able to make a few connections, which has given you the information to head to this town looking for another wizard goblin. Cool. Not cool about the racism, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gotta make do with what we got. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? I guess I'd like to investigate the village a little bit. And uh, see if I can find where this wizard fellow is. Yeah, uh, roll an investigation check. Okay, I rolled a 14. Yeah, you take probably like one or two walks up and down the street. It's, it's middle of the day, which you assume a lot of people who come to this village are probably working at their farms right now. So there aren't a lot of people out and about. Uh, you walk up and down and... You, you don't see anything that immediately strikes yourself uh, strikes you as like a 
wizard hut or, or tower or whatever mm -hmm. you, your best bet would be you see uh, a what looks to be a general store called albert's general store and uh in called the winking ox and you kind of get the sense you know from your experience of seeing different civilizations seeing different cities and villages on your travels these are good places usually to get more information okay can i go to the general store yeah for sure let's do it you head over to the general store known as Albert's General Store. And as you walk in, you see a man with a shiny bald spot restocking something in a glass cabinet behind the counter. As he hears the door open, he kind of glances up at the reflection in the glass and says, Ah, what will it be today, Barty? You need some more? And then he kind of turns to you and says, Oh, oh sorry, I mistook you for someone else. Well, I'm just glad that you didn't shoo me out of this place. It's nice to see somebody that's not uh, fearful of their life upon spotting me. He's not... Uh, yeah, I mean, we've gotten to know Barty a bit, and he's another goblin. Do you know him? Do I know Barty? Uh, that's what I'm asking you. Uh, no, who's Barty? The goblin lives up the way. Comes here for different components every once in a while i just assumed listen mate i'm actually quite far away uh can you tell me more about this barty um moved in a couple years ago and has just kind of helped around the village he was staying in the winking ox for a little while and helped our sick and just seems to know a fair bit about magics and magics you say yeah Comes in here for components every once in a while. A good, good guy. Definitely been a big help. Good guy, you say? Well, I'm interested in magics as well. Uh, well, okay. Am I making you uncomfortable, sir? Uh, not particular. He kind of like looks at your red mohawk <laughs> and is like, <laughs> and he, you're also shirtless too. Uh, uh, roll an insight check for me. Okay. 16. Okay. You kind of like look him up and down and you get the sense like, you know, small town. It's kind of surprising that there's been another goblin living around here. And it seems like he's adjusted to the idea of it. Right. And mm -hmm. like probably had enough interactions with this Barty person to like feel a little more comfortable. But you are, you still came in like shirtless, <laughs> you know, uh, asking asking questions with a different look. So. It seems like a little just disconcerted <laughs> with probably the difference that he sees between you and, and whatever interactions he's had with his party. Okay. Listen, mate, I understand if you're a little unsettled by my appearance, what have it be. Um, I don't mean any harm or I'm just purely searching for more information into the magics that I've discovered into this tome. Could you give me any information about Barty that I may need to know before going to speak to him myself? Uh, roll a persuasion check. 23. Dang. Very charismatic goblin. <laughs> he kind of looks at you, and I think something just kind of in the tone of your voice, uh, as you say it, like, seems to relax him a bit. And you get the sense, whatever kind of differences, uh, like, you get the sense that, He's trying to look at you through the same lens that, like, he, he's gotten used to with uh, other goblins he's met, mm -hmm. a particular Barty. And he kind of nods. Yeah, uh, 
good, as I said before, good guy came here around seven or so years ago and has just been sticking around and helped out and has built a tower just on the outskirts of town where sometimes we'll go to get various magical items that he'll make for us and he'll come into town and help check out the sick and make sure that people are on the up and up. Hmm. Interesting. Are there any magical items in the shop? Are you asking him this or are you like looking around? For I'm him? looking around. Are you trying to be a little discreet about yes. it? Or yes. Yeah. Per- we'll have you do perception, which is more of like a glance instead of investigation, which would be like, you know, going through each shelf. Okay. 12. As you quickly look around, this really seems more general store type thing, you know, rations, stuff like that. You do notice in the thing he's restocking, uh, there do seem to be some potions in there uh, with like a like faint little glow to them, which you assume like maybe that's magical. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you don't really notice anything. Okay. So Archie's thinking to himself, well, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of useful, a lot more useful like information or stuff to investigate here. And I don't want to uh, get into too much trouble right off the bat entering this town. I'd like to thank the shopkeeper for the information and uh, exit the shop. Yeah, as you thank him, he's like, yeah, if you're looking for his place, it's probably about a mile or so north. Uh, Just follow the road and eventually you'll see it. All right. As you turn to exit the shop and take a step towards the door, it just busts open and three men walk in. All of them look a little worse for wear, like they haven't bathed in a little while. Dirt covers their face and and a few scratches and scars along with it. The one who leads them certainly looks the hardest of the lot. And as you kind of look him up and down, he seems like one, someone who might be handsome if he didn't smile in such a creepy way. (laughs) Like the kind of way that as he like looks you up and down, you can tell that he thinks he knows everything about you despite not knowing anything. And Mm -hmm. as he steps forward, he kind of like looks you up and down, gives a little scoff. Okay. And uh, steps forward uh, towards the counter. And uh, and as you see him kind of step that way, you can tell Elber's body language, which like when you first came in was a little like, uh, and then as he warmed up to you, as as, you know, you talk to him, uh, it, it is completely like back to where it was when you first entered and then some he oh, seems very very uncomfortable about these people yeah okay i'm gonna interact with them okay i i'd like to approach the uh the man that is got the creepy smile mm-hmm. and um i'd like to say to him well you do smell quite like a goblin are you friends with goblins Yeah, so he's kind of stepping up, uh, like, towards the counter, and he's, like, opening his mouth to say, we're gonna need you to give, and then you say, you smell like a goblin, are you friends with any? And he kind of stops, turns and looks at you. What did you say to me? I said you smelled just like a goblin! Are you friends with goblins? He kind of, like, puts his tongue on his back molder and, like, looks at the two guys next to him. I kicked the shit out of a goblin just a few days ago. I can make it too if you want. 
All right, good day, sir. I'd like to exit the shop now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as he says that and you kind of like look at him, uh, you also see he's wearing what looks to be kind of like almost like a soldier's uniform that's torn. There's a tree on it uh, that's kind of swirling, the different branches swirling. Make a history check at disadvantage because you're not super okay. familiar with Cortia. Okay, five. What you, what you would assume, I suppose, is like, you know, Clan Redass has its own, like, sigils. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, this shows we're from that. You assume that's probably one for them <laughs> for something. But you have no idea specifically, like, what house it belongs to. Or, okay. or you know, you don't know much about Cortian politics. Okay. I'm going to scurry out like a sad puppy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you quickly move out and uh, the man like laughs like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <laughs> and he kind of turns back. Um, what do you do? Let's check out the tavern before we make our way to the tower. As you're walking to the tavern, can you make a perception check for me? Okay. Nine. You head towards the tavern. <laughs> Uh, and perceive nothing. Uh, yeah, the tavern is called the Winking Ox. Uh, you walk below the sign, which is an ox head that amazingly one of the eyes is closed. Uh, you step through the doors and you take a quick look around and it seems that nobody other than the barkeeper is here at the moment. You know, you kind of came mid-afternoon, so... It's after the lunch rush and and before dinner time. Standing behind the bar is a raven-haired woman with uh, the faintest of dimples. And she kind of is just washing off the surface of the bar. And she looks up at you. And for a second, again, you see like, oh, she has like a look of recognition and then realizes, okay, you are not who she thought. What can I do for you? Well, let me just cut to the chase. Uh... I've met one man who seems relatively kind to goblins, and one man who wanted to kick the shit out of me. I don't want to waste too much of your time, but I would just like to know if you've got any information regarding this Barty fellow who is a goblin wizard as I hear it. She kind of like looks at you, who was the man who threatened to kick the shit out of you? Here? He was in the shop. I mean, he... Listen, I'm not... I I don't do the best for social cues. He smelled like a goblin, and I'm a goblin, so I thought maybe he was friends with goblins. So I asked him, are you friends with goblins? You smell like a goblin. He wasn't very happy about that. He looked like a soldier. Her face kind of, like, lights up with, like, a sort of uh, understanding and then, like, immediately a bit of a grimace. Um... Cringe. Yeah. <laughs> Soldiers that are part of the Dun army. Imagine um, we've had a few around the area. Um, seems like they were marching north and a couple have stayed here a little longer than what seems normal and asking for things that you wouldn't expect necessarily soldiers to ask for. Hmm. I've tried to stay here for free, but uh, they didn't have any writs or any permission from their lord to do so. So I turned them away. And they threatened to burn the place down. So we'll see how that all goes. Oh, dear. That's quite unfortunate. What I can tell you about most of the folks in Bullfelt is, you know, as long as you're making things better for everyone else, and we mostly just live, you know? 
And Barty has been quite a help to everyone here. He's certainly the smartest person I've ever met, so. Goblins always welcome in the Winking Ox. Well, that's good to know. I've had a couple run-ins with humans that were not as kind to me. So it's nice to run across a place that is a little more friendly to goblins. She gives a smile. Well, uh, what do you want to know? Is this Barty fellow interested in meeting other goblins and teaching his magics? She kind of gives, like, a thought. Um, well, Bartholomew seems like he likes sharing what he knows. He's shared a fair bit with people here, and, you know, most of us keep out of magics as we're simple folk who just live day to day in the countryside, but he's certainly shared some knowledge with us, which has helped a fair bit, and healed our sick, and tried to teach some folks stuff with it, so I... I I'd imagine that he wouldn't be extremely opposed to it. One more question. Um, I'd like to set the best impression possible. Is there anything I can... Perhaps a drink of sorts that I could purchase here to... Persuade Barty into helping me out a bit? You could start with a shirt. (laughs) Well, that is quite rude of you. I thought you were going to goblins. (laughs) Well... Just in human society, when we enter an establishment, uh, we we do it clothed. I see. Well, where can I purchase the shirt? Uh, over at Albert's. Oh, all right. I have. To... I just murmur to myself and <laughs> slowly start to exit the tavern <laughs> again, back to Albert's, reluctantly. <laughs> You exit it, um, you see kind of down the road walking away from you are the three rough-and-tumble men holding a bag and kind of just laughing and talking to each other loudly and obnoxiously and heading out of the village. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to ignore them. I'm going to go to the shop and try to grab a shirt. Yeah. Uh, You head in and... Uh, as you step in, you see that one of the shelves has been knocked over. The glass cabinet has been smashed open. It seems like all the things that had just been restocked, those bottles, those potions you had noticed are gone. As you look at Albert, you see that he has a bloody nose and his shirt is kind of torn at the top. Well, I rush in after noticing that and and speak to Albert. Albie, what's going on here? Um... Those men just, they said that they needed supplies for Lord Dunn, and I told them to show me a writ of provision, and uh, they didn't, and then this happened. He kind of touches his nose and wipes the blood away. Uh Albie, is there anything I can do to help you out? Well, you could have stayed here and helped me out with them. Ah! Part of me, but I'm merely just one goblin. That's fine. You're right. You're right. I'll be okay. All right. Say, Albie. Albert, yeah. You got any shirts here that could fit a goblin? Um, we have a few clothes for children. Well, that simply won't do. Uh, The arms are probably (laughs) too tight. I've got big, massive biceps for a goblin. How about any adult shirts? Perhaps I could, uh... Tear them to fit a goblin of my <laughs> stature. Yeah, we I can we can do that. All right. <laughs> I'll purchase All whatever right. you can give me. Okay. 
he like leads you over. The selection is pretty small, but you know, there there's there's a few things and you know, you see a sweater that's been dyed blue and kind of weaved with uh, you know, those those kind of sailor sort of patterns in them. There's just like a plain tan uh, shirt with some buttons near the top. Okay. And some other stuff that I can keep describing. Uh, <laughs> How about one more? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then there's just like a sort of button up that's not quite flannel, but certainly a little thicker material uh, That's that's got a red coloration to it. I'm interested in the, uh, the button-up shirt. Say, Albie, how much for this button-up shirt? Well, that'll run you about eight silver. Uh, how much money do I have? We'll say at this point, you probably have, just from different spending money on your travels and also probably finding some, like, because you haven't done anything to make money, really. You've mm-hmm. probably just been like, oh, I found a, I found a copper on the street, yeah. you know? Uh, I'd say you probably have saved up about, like, 15 silver. Okay. All right. I'd like to purchase the shirt. Yeah. Takes it off and hands it to you. Then takes your coins. Uh, immediately, I take out my knife or my dagger <laughs> and uh, just cut off the bottom half <laughs> so okay. that it fits me. <laughs> Make a tinkering check. Okay. 25. Damn, that's pretty good. Uh, Surprisingly, for how, like, you just pulled out a knife, you know, and started cutting, it's a very, it's a clean cut that you're, you know, able to kind of fold a bit to, like, almost look like it would fit you normally. And I imagine you do something similar with the sleeves. Mm -hmm. It all looks quite clean. Uh, Obviously, it does look cut. But it's not, like, fraying at the bottom. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, uneven. You know, your deft hands from all the tinkering you've done look decent. Nice. Stylish, Archie. It looks as good as a shirt that you cut from the bottom and the sleeves could. (laughs) All right. Sweet. I think I'm ready to go see uh, Bartholomew here. All right, Albie. Thank you. I'll be back to check on you later, perhaps. But now, I'm going to go see if I can learn me some magics. Leaves the shop. Gives it on. All right. Yeah, you uh, head out and, uh, you know, from the instructions of Albert, uh, Albie, you head north. You're headed right to the tower. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You head north down what seems to be the main road for a little while. Um, make a perception check. Zero. Zero. Yeah. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, what I'll say is, in general, as you're walking to it looking for this tower, you're favoring kind of looking towards the east <laughs> as you're walking north. Okay. And you walk for a while, 10 minutes. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. You're like, "Uh, that's way more than a mile. And you haven't found anything yet. Oh, no. What do you do? Uh, (laughs) It's an interesting situation here. Is there anything nearby that acts as like a landmark that I could like figure out where I am or anything like that? 
that with the zero perception on the last one, no. <laughs> you are on the road, so you feel confident that you can at the very least get back to town. Okay. Uh-huh. But but you're like, I have been walking for more than a mile, for sure. Even with my small goblin steps. Uh, and I have not found this place. Alright. Archie is very self-sufficient, despite, uh, you know, pondering all this information from the townsfolk. Archie doesn't want to give up. So Archie mm-hmm. is going to, uh, take a short rest and, uh, and think about how to, uh, handle the situation moving forward. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll have you just make an intelligence check. Okay. Twelve. Yeah, with with that, as you kind of sit around and, like, reason it out, like, you know, you feel fairly good in thinking, if they said it was a mile, then I probably passed it and just missed it at this point. So the best bet would just be to try to walk back for a little while and see if I see whatever I missed. Okay, let's do that. As you walk back, make another perception check. God. The DC is very low. It's just you rolled a zero. (laughs) Seven. Okay, that'll be enough. The DC was five. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It's quite quite low. Uh, Yeah, as as you walk around, um, you notice it kind of last minute, you know, and as you look at it, you're kind of like, oh, how did I not see that from a ways off? Uh, But it's down a narrow dirt path and and you see just a tower probably about 30 35 feet tall all made of stone the base of it kind of goes straight up and it leans over on the top half a bit you know as you look out it's on a little bit of a hill and probably from this distance you're like yeah it looks like about half a mile away okay like a quarter of a mile half mile is a little much quarter of a mile away Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can see it all right. Archie gets very excited to finally see it, and despite his overwhelming exhaustion, breaks out into a full-on sprint to try to reach the tower as quickly as possible. <laughs> all right, uh, make an athletics check for me. <laughs> Ten. You you get there, uh, but as you reach the door, you are like, you know, BPM is at one seventy. <laughs> you are just like. <laughs> Like, just breathing hard. (laughs) I just imagine Archie's just, like, strung out on the ground and just barely, like, knocks on the door. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, yeah, leaning over complete, like, gotta keep low, keep it all together. Yeah. Yeah. And you give a little bit uh, of a knock uh, (laughs) as you breathe heavily. A moment passes, and then another, and you hear just the creak of the door open. And then standing, uh, you're you're on the ground. Yeah, just like breathing heavily, like on all hands and knees. <laughs> yeah. Standing uh, above you is a wrinkled and weathered goblin. Uh, you see kind of a wispy white goatee that hangs from his face, and his eyebrows have largely taken over the upper part of his head. He is well-dressed. You can see kind of tailor-made pants that come right down to his ankles and a shirt that stops right at his wrists. Nothing like the ill-fitted shirt. (laughs) I mean, you know, you've done your best, but nothing like a uh, just 
hap, not haphazardly, but nothing like a custom cut mm-hmm. uh, shirt like you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And certainly much better than the ill-fitted hand-me-downs you, you've probably had most of your life. Yeah. Kind of looks down at you. Yes. <sighs> oh, I might. I've been trying so hard to find this place. <sighs> Let me calm down a bit. <sighs> oh. Barty? Is that what they call you? Bartholomew, yes. Listen, mate, I've been looking for you for hours. Can I come in? Have a drink of water? Kind of gives you a long look. Uh, roll an insight check. 13. You can't really glimpse anything from his facial expression other than he just seems to be, like, studying you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just trying to measure you in every way he possibly can. And after a moment, he gives a nod. Of course, mate. <laughs> uh, and steps in and kind of, you know, leaves the door open as he walks forward. So Archie crawls through the doorway and uh, puts himself down in the nearest seat that he could find. Yeah. <laughs> just sweat, kind of sweating from head to toe. Crawling through. <laughs> you see a chair kind of near the entryway and you pull yourself up into it, taking a few breaths. And you finally take a look around um, the room you're in. And immediately, as soon as like, you know, you're able to sit and <laughs> your vision is enough to actually take in everything around you. You see that this is everything you have dreamed <gasps> that your workshop could be. Tools, plentiful, clean, organized. You know, as you look, there are specific pieces and tools for the most minuscule of jobs, you know, the tiniest adjustments you might need to make. Where in your experience, you've just been like, well, uh, I've got a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) Very rudimentary. Yeah. You see beakers bubbling with various liquids and a box of scraps that with enough time, you're sure that you could make anything in the world out of. It's it's just the dream workshop. Okay. And he's sitting there just like drenched in sweat, just like absolutely exhausted, notices all the cool tools and stuff, and then just immediately springs up and just runs over to the tools and just starts like feeling up everything, just like checking out everything he can without even asking. Yeah. As you kind of start like looking over it and admiring uh, the things in his workshop, you hear footsteps behind you of him coming back in the room. And as you know, you probably just spare him like a quick glance. Are you mostly focused on? Oh yeah. Not even paying attention at all. Yeah. You give him a quick glance and you see he's holding, you know, a cup of water that he sets on a table that you're standing nearby. And yeah, he, he doesn't say stop or that's my shit. Uh, he just kind of moves back and watches you. <laughs> so, uh, Archie then, uh, notices the water placed down out of the corner of his eye, grabs it, gulps it down, just, one gulp the entire glass and then how about pulls out a tool and says to barty or bartholomew where did you find tools like this mate you see what i've got running here yeah i do um just years of travel and doing work and making coin and buying the things i need listen mate this workshop is my absolute dream Ever since I stumbled upon this tome here, I've been just uh, completely amazed by by magics and everything. And all I've ever wanted was to live in a tower like this and study magics and 
and tinker with these tools and I'll do anything, anything to be your apprentice, please, please. And then just gets back on hands and knees and is just groveling at his feet, just begging. He kind of looks you up and down and there's a small smile. Just first lesson, never beg. <laughs> it looks desperate. Yes, master. Yes, anything. So in that case, I demand you make me your apprentice. No, no don't, don't demand either. No, no. what are you? You're sending me mixed signals. Find somewhere in the middle. Uh, you want confidence, right? You want someone to know that you are a worthy apprentice to have, that you can bring good work, and that you are worth training, but you don't want to be egg-headed about it. All right, May, I see. I see what you're trying to tell me. Listen, perhaps my assistance can offer some value to you in return for knowledge given to me. Is there anything I can do for you to accept me as your assistant? He, uh, you know, you see now he, he is holding a cane and he kind of turns and, you know, slowly moves over to a seat and sits down, you know, holding his back. As you look at him, he is old. Oh, man. And we're talking goblin old. So, like, as you look at, like, goblins in general live to around 60. Oh. And you imagine he's getting close to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, goblins also <laughs> age quick. I think goblins are adults by eight. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, you're seven, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Archie's seven and he's pretty much like, you know, uh, a young adult yeah. uh, sort of thing. So goblins age quick. So yeah, certainly old and weathered. Um, and he kind of like sits and looks at you. I do have something I need done that I can't do myself anymore. It's just a little too old for it. Speak on it, mate. I had something stolen from me. <gasps> My purse. And in it, more importantly than the coin, was a key. And you see him point over to the other side of the room. And as you kind of follow his finger, you see a ornate chest uh, with a big lock on the front. Interesting. There's no other way to get in that. And I need to get in it for various reasons. So I need my key back. Okay. Can I try to persuade him to get more information out of what's in the chest? So you're like asking what's in the chest? Yeah. Yeah, roll a persuasion check. Five. That's rough. That's really rough. I've got a plus four. <laughs> oh, so that's a, yeah, that one. That's oh, really no. bad. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he looks at you. Uh, and I imagine as you say it, there's probably just like your eyes are wide, right? With excitement <laughs> and like maybe not greed, right? But like hunger to know yeah, desperation any, you're like there must be good magic in there right <laughs> yeah. there, there must be the best magic hidden in there yeah. and he kind of gives a little half smile and says time will tell soon young one ah blast it second lesson is patience <laughs> well sometimes you have to wait for things a long time and they will come your way that's gonna be a tough lesson to learn mate let me tell you <laughs> i'm not a very patient goblin Ah, well. I know, I know. This will have to do. Well, can you tell me anything about the people that stole this key from you? He uh, kind of touches his back and looks forward. Well, I have the assumption that they're deserters. 
Deserters? What did they desert? The army. Oh. <gasps> Mate, I saw some soldiers. In the Albie's general store. Albie, he's a very good friend of mine. We, we met. We're, we're... Anyways, it's not important. Trust me, he hates it when you call him Albie. Hey, you know from experience, right? I know from, I mean, he hasn't told me from your experience, but I d I've been generous with nicknames too, yes. So. <laughs> oh, just like a goblin should. Oh, right. Anyways, it's not important. I was in the shop and I saw this, this soldier and he smelled like a goblin. That must have been the soldier that accosted you, the deserter. He had your scent on him. Gives a nod. Did you see what he was wearing? Was he wearing done? Yeah. The lovely lass with the raven hair in the tavern told me that they belong to the the Dunn clan, I suppose. With a crest of of twirling branches on it, from what I could understand. As you say like Dunn clan, he kinda gives a smile. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not what you call it, but but obviously it's all it's all uh Archie knows. Right. He gives a nod. Right. That would be them, mate. Oh, can you tell me anything about the Dunn clan? Perhaps I should be weary of them. That soldier seemed very unfriendly. The Dunns as a whole, you know. Uh, Tom Dunn is the Lord of Edgewood and currently is acting as Lord Regent of the Kingdom of Cortia. Which, frankly, I can tell you and you being a young pup out here doesn't matter at all to you. And, and these men, I don't believe, are true done soldiers, at least not now. The army moved through about a month ago, so if they're still here, that means that they deserted and are just sticking around acting as bullies, trying to get what they can. Desperate men have turned to a life of crime because it's easier for them. Interesting. Where can I find these men? I'll go back and get your damn key. He uh, gets up and walks over to the table and uh, you see him grab something from under it and lay it out on front. Uh, and it seems like a map of the area as you look over mm. it. You know, you see a little part that's marked uh, as his tower. And then you, you see uh, something that says, you know, the village of Bolafelt. He points south of Bolafelt a, a little ways down. I haven't been able to do anything about it as he kind of like holds up his frail hands. Mm. <laughs> My days of taking out anything are long behind me, but I did do a little bit of scouting. Uh, they seem to be camped out to the south in what I believe is a long abandoned knoll camp. There's a small cave there where they seem to sleep and store what they steal. And uh, they seem to have some sort of watchtowers that uh, you know, they use to some effect, uh, all made of wood, that they will have at least one person up at a night to keep watch. Interesting. It's not the most well-defended place, but it's hidden enough and can give them a good enough line of sight. And in a place like this with not many people, it works decently well for them. All right, mate. I've got one question for you. This tower. Is there a way that I can get close to it without being spotted? Well, the wooden towers aren't too tall, maybe 10, 15 feet tall. 
mostly just to give a little look over the land. Uh, certainly there are ways to sneak up on them, but you'll have to be careful and probably use every trick up your sleeve. So Archie is already crafting a, a plan in his mind, a very mischievous plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking it to himself, doesn't want to reveal it to the uh, wizard, and then says, All right, mate. I think I can get this key back for you. The old goblin way. And he snickers to himself. He nods. From what I've seen, there seem to be about six men in total. You will be vastly outnumbered, mate, so you'll need to use, you'll need to be crafty, which I can tell you will be. Right on, mate. Consider your key back in no time. And then uh, Archie leaves the tower. Uh, he, like, lets you take the map and gives just a, well, best of luck and see you soon. All right. So I, I'll just head back towards Bolifel. Yeah, I'd say probably by the time you get back to town after you're getting lost a bit and walking further than you needed to, and then your conversation with uh, Barty, it's like not quite sunset. But definitely, you know, the, the sun is starting to head down mm-hmm. by the time you get back to Bullfeld. Okay. So Archie is just very determined on, uh, on this mission. Doesn't want to spend any time in the town. Uh, mm-hmm. Is going to try to get to this, uh, this hideout as quickly as possible in order to set up for the nighttime. So yeah, just like following the map and mm-hmm. trying to get there and get like a good vantage point. Yeah. I assume you're trying to, like, steer clear enough of it, but still have, like, a sight of it. Yeah. Make a stealth check for me. Like, you're going for a while, and then a stealth check once you kind of are like, I think I'm near. Okay. 16. When you kind of are, you know, a hold of the map, and you get to the point where you're definitely moving off the main road, you know, you start kind of sneaking from tree to tree looking out. Then I'll have you make a perception check. Okay. Seven. Yeah, eventually you are able to, like, uh, by this point, after you've walked south for a while, the sun is setting, and as you're kind of looking for this camp, the sun has set completely. Okay. You, you are in the dark. Your dark vision helps you enough to keep seeing, but it, it is nighttime now, mm-hmm. which I'm sure has some benefits for your plan, uh, but, <laughs> but also makes it harder to find things. You find a spot that is kind of like flat land. You post up by a few trees, and it's a decent enough vantage point. You kind of like think to yourself, oh, I wish I would have found a good place with a little more height, but as you looked around, you just felt like you couldn't see anything without like risking giving up your location Mm -hmm. so you kind of settled for a worse spot to not be seen at least in that moment you can take that risk if you'd like to uh to look for something better yeah i think i'd like to look for something a little bit better so we're gonna inverse it this time first make a perception check two (laughs) two okay (laughs) what i'll say is kind of in the distance Kind of on the other side, as you're like looking out, squinting as best you can, you see a bit of a hill that like is looking down from a good angle at the towers, uh, the two wooden towers. From where you are right now, by the way, it's kind of like a side look. You can see one of the towers standing fully in light, seemingly coming out of a cave mouth. You don't have great visuals on the people or how many of them there are, but... 
you know, you can see the camp from where you are. This other spot, you can go over there, but I'm going to have you make a stealth check at disadvantage. Okay. Because you're like, I see it. I don't know the good path. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of like the consequence for your shit roll. Okay. (laughs) Is you have to roll this at disadvantage. Okay. Seven. Seven. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's not good, right? That is not good. No. Fuck, dude. Okay. As you're kind of trying to sneak along, you know, your pack making a little bit of noise on the tower, you kind of like look over and you see a figure who is kind of standing there holding a torch out, like looking out in your direction. And you kind of see him like look over to like turn towards the cave mouth and like say something down to it. And, like, continue looking out. You get the sense that he, with the darkness and you being as far away as you are, he cannot see you specifically, Mm -hmm. but did sense some sort of motion that was enough to, like, put him and presumably some of the others on guard. Okay. Uh, But at this point, you do get up to your vantage point. Okay. So Archie's now thinking, well, it's now or never. (laughs) And uh, I want to... uh cast a firebolt on the tower to try to set it on fire. Are you uh, pulling out any of your things like your gun or because you actually have to cast through the oh, gun. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I'd like to yeah. summon the, the gun and then uh, okay. shoot a firebolt through. So yeah, uh, you kind of open your tome and in the air make like the rune that has been tied to your gun uh, uh, intuition and it appears in front of you. Do you want to use it to summon your other cool thing? Uh, yes. Let's let's do that. Okay. And the next to it, you you do a different rune to uh, bring up your homunculus friend Plato. <laughs> uh, can you describe what Plato looks for me? Okay, so Plato looks like a humanoid imp, but he has a snake head with a with a snake tongue, <laughs> and he's very tiny. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, a foot or like around there. Yeah. Well, how how tall? Archie's probably like... Archie's probably like three and a half, four. Yeah, let's say a <laughs> foot. Okay, got it. So Plato comes up, the wings spread out, uh, you know, Snakehead looks up at you. You can see he's about to like let out like some sort of noise, but kind of like looks at you like hunched over and like quickly darts uh, the head over to the camp and like quiet oh thank god so i've got my gun out archie thinks to himself if he casts firebolt onto the tower maybe he can draw out the men to try to put out the fire and in the meantime plato can uh go in and try to look for the key and steal the key you're aiming for the tower that the guy is standing on yeah roll an attack on the tower 18 18 will hit yes You aim your gun because everything's through your gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a blunderbuss. So <laughs> it's not exactly like a scope thing. But, you know, you close one eye anyway, and uh, you touch the rune in the side of it uh, that, that is tied to Firebolt. And from it, a, a blazing shot of fire shoots out from it and darts through the air and hits the base of the tower with a loud crack flames start to carry up it nearly immediately the figure on there is like looking down like i knew i saw something i'm gonna have you roll initiative okay 
<laughs> and we'll say that uh, Plato will act on your turn as well. Okay. 13. So that's kind of your surprise round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to start, as you shoot this out and it hits, and the guy starts yelling who's up there. He seems panicked immediately. Out of the cave, you see, starting with the figure with the creepy smile kind of runs out and like is looking over at the tower that's on fire. And then he's going to look out at the hills and he's gonna make a perception check to see if he uh, can see anything. Okay. So that's his action. He's at about the mouth of the cave, which is probably, uh, we'll say about like a hundred feet from you right now. Mm -hmm. He looks out at you where you are exactly, squints and like nods. And he seems like he probably sees Oh, shit. (laughs) Another one is going to run out. And he is going to, like, pull off a shirt that he's wearing and just start trying to bat the flames at it. Uh, (laughs) But with a two, uh, it doesn't work very well. And the shirt just kind of sets on fire. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He just throws it to the side. Another one is going to come over to try to stop the fire three this time. <laughs> uh, and he is unsuccessful. So two of them try to stop the fire, but are not doing shit. That's to you now. You are up in initiative. Okay. So I've still got like a solid distance between them and myself, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would probably take them a little while to run to you. Although, um, roll a perception check. Okay. Your, your specialty of checks. <laughs> 17, baby. Let's go. Finally. <laughs> where where was this before? <laughs> um, as, as you look out, you can see all of them seem to have both swords and crossbows oh, uh, on their side. So it does seem like they could have some ranged stuff. <laughs> Granted, they would be firing. They, they are all humans, which Archie doesn't know all the capabilities humans have, mm-hmm. but would probably know that they have worse eyesight than goblins. Okay, yeah. So Archie thinks to himself that... He's got to draw them a little bit out of the cave more. Can I place down my Eldritch Cannon Force Ballista? Hell yeah, you can. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so you, you know, pull the book and cast, uh, you know, draw another rune in the air and pull the components from your pouch necessary. And yeah, what looks to be essentially like a miniature ballista, but has like a kind of magic tones emanating from it. You know, it is like only somewhat physical. It looks a little, I guess, corporeal as well, mm-hmm. but there is physicality to it. Uh, just appears next to you. Okay. Does that take up my whole turn or can I do more? Uh, so I'll say that's your action. You could move and do something also that has like a bonus action. So you can use your bonus action to use the cannon. Okay, let's do that then. Uh, who do you want to aim it at? I want to aim it at the motherfucker that has got the creepy smile. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just roll what you'd roll for the blunderbuss. 22. 22 will definitely hit. So it would be eight. Cool, cool, cool. You place down your Eldritch Cannon in the... Um, force ballista mode and you just shoot it right away at at the leader who gets hit right in the side like he looks out at you you can see that creepy grin coming in and just a bolt right in his shoulder and he yells out uh and and takes a solid amount of damage eight damage (laughs) um so you have your movement action if you'd like 
Okay, so I don't want to move. I want to stay with my ballista. Uh, does the ballista expire after I put it down for a turn, or does it stay there? It stays there until you take it out. Okay. Or it gets destroyed. It does have HP. Okay. It has 25 HP and a pretty high AC, so it would be kind of hard to destroy. They'd probably kill you before killing them. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it stays out until you move it or it's destroyed. Okay. So now Plato is up. I'd like to have him start to move down towards the cave, kind of like outside of their vision if possible. Roll roll a D20. 20. 20? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, so total, that'll be 22 because we're going to add Plato's decks. So very good. Uh, Plato kind of like, yeah, as you like, you know, send your probably mental message as you kind of have a mind link. Yeah. You say, go look for a key. Plato kind of swoops around trying to, you know, be bat-like in some ways, natural in this yes. environment. And kind of swoops around and um, yeah, we'll, we'll say... He is a decent bit away from the cave, okay, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, because you're about 100 feet. Mm -hmm. So he's able to move 30 feet closer. Sweet, sweet. But if you didn't have like a magical connection to him, you'd be like, where is he? Uh, so you get the sense that all focus by these other guys are going to be on you. Okay, sweet, sweet. Another guy runs out of the cave and I mean, he doesn't know where you are. So he's going to try to put out the fire as well. <laughs> God damn. Uh, he rolled a six, which is better. So his shirt doesn't get set on fire, uh, but the flame still seems to be spreading. <laughs> <laughs> They've all had shit turns. And lastly is the guy standing on the tower who is going to be panicked here. I'm going to have him roll to see what he tries to do. Okay. Evens, he's going to try to jump off. Odds, he's going to stand his ground and look out for you. Okay. <laughs> Even, he's gonna jump off. Uh, so he's gotta make an athletics check because this is like 15, 20 feet oh, up. Man. Breaks ankles. That's a failure. Uh, <laughs> not quite breaking ankles, uh, but not good enough to not take damage. So he's gonna take 2d6 of falling damage. So he takes seven damage mm. as he jumps off of this flaming tower, kind of rolls out. Um, I'm gonna say that's gonna be his movement and, and because he didn't do a great job on his role. He he doesn't have an action, but he also seems to kind of be following the leader's eyes and has a beat on you. Okay. Uh, up next is, yeah, the leader again, who is going to kind of start running towards you about 30 feet. So he's about 70 feet away from you uh, and pull out a crossbow uh -oh. and take a shot at you. He is at disadvantage because you are in the dark. Okay. Um, does a 15 hit. So my armor class is 14, so yes? Yeah. yeah. Yep, so anything 14 or higher will hit you. Okay. Shit. After he took one to the shoulder, he aims his crossbow at you, takes a shot, and it zooms towards you and hits you in the leg uh, uh, for seven points of piercing damage. Ooh. Okay. Another one is going to follow his lead and run up to take a shot at you. A natural 20. Oh, and a natural one. <laughs> uh, and it's disadvantage, oh. so it goes with the oh. one. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> it's, it's, I love it when it's the other way, you know, where you think you had a fail. 
<laughs> but that name was a success. So uh, his crossbow bolt like just breaks <laughs> as he like hits the thing and it just like is jammed in there. So he's going to have to take a turn to try to do something. Uh, another guy who had run out and that's the guy who had lost his shirt, by the way. This is the guy who uh, didn't. He's going to run forward, also take a shot at you uh, with crossbow. That's uh, pretty high. That's going to be an 18 to hit. Oof. How much damage uh, this one it? does four points of piercing damage. Not looking great. Uh, you're up. All right. So Plato is 70 feet away from the cave, right? Yep. God damn, it's fucking far. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if he can make it. We're going to try. Let's just take another shot with the uh, ballista at the uh, okay. the leader. Sweet, so bonus action, ballista, uh, roll the hit. 23. Nice, yeah, 23 definitely hits. Okay. How much damage? 10. 10. Ooh, he is looking bad, like immediately, just your hyper focus on him and just two, not just like, you know, hits, but good hits. Still up, but looking hurt. And you see the smile on his face has has turned in to like a grimace of anger and hatred on you. Yes. Uh, so that's your bonus action to use the Eldritch Cannon. Uh, what would you like to do for your action? Let's try a Thunderbolt, or a, sorry, no, a Firebolt at that guy and try to take him out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> roll roll the hit with Firebolt. 23. 23 hits. Yes. So, and then this is, there's a six and a seven, or six fire. I'm trying to remember why you do extra damage. Anytime you use your, yeah, arcane firearm to do a spell, it does an extra D8 just for having the arcane firearm. So yeah, six plus... Big DPS. Seven. Thirteen. Yeah, just uh, takes two of the ballista shots and then just a firebolt <laughs> uh, right to the chest and falls backwards, it seems like he's unconscious. That'll teach you to mess with goblins, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then Plato's turn. I'd like to uh, try to get him as close to the cave as possible. We'll have you do another just D20, this time at advantage, just because with the natural 20 last time, and these guys are very focused on you. So, 12. Okay, and then plus two for the dex. The first roll was a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it, it seems gets closer, gets uh, to 40 feet, uh, seems largely undetected. You get the sense like if they weren't in a big fight with you right now and their leader didn't just go down, they might notice, but still pretty solid. Sweet. That is you in Plato. One of the guys who is standing by the tower is going to run over to uh, the leader and he yells, Maver, no! And like slides on his knees towards him and you see him grab something seemingly from Maver's bag. No. It looks to be a red potion uh, and he just kind of dumps it down his throat. Healing potion, baby! <laughs> so he heals a bit. Shit. Not much. Okay. <laughs> cool, cool. But you do hear the uh, come from the guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so he does seem to be back conscious, but still, you know, looking fucked up. Okay. The the tower, by the way, has caught even more fire. Like, mm -hmm. uh, it is halfway up. The next guy is going to run over and try to take a shot at you. Uh, disadvantage, though, because it's in the dark. 
That is a 17 to hit. Okay. Five damage. All right. But 22 hit points. It's going to be cutting close. The guy who had been on the tower and jumped off is going to run up oh, towards shit. the rest of the group. Uh, I forgot about my fucking shield again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he is going to take a shot. Okay, and I want a shield if I can. That shot. Uh, Well, this one is a six to hit. Okay, well, never mind then. You might still want to use it uh, coming up yeah. soon. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, back to the top of the order with Maver, the leader who is going to like let out a gasp. And yeah, he's going to use half his movement to get up and then he's going to grab another potion from his pouch and drink it. How many fucking potions has this guy got? God damn. Dude, you let him, you let him rob the general. Fuck, fire. dude. Uh, and he seems to heal a little bit. He's not looking good, mm-hmm. but he's looking better. And that's going to be his turn. Uh, this is the one that had rolled a nat 20 and a nat 1 on his last <laughs> one, so it jammed. So he has to make a tinkering check, essentially, mm-hmm. to uh, try to fix okay. it. Uh, which, a 19, he succeeds, uh, but that will be his action. And then, yeah, the last one is going to take a shot at you. Uh, that's a 1 and a 2. Okay, <laughs> that's shit, bro. Uh, and, and and just as soon as the other fixes... <laughs> His crossbow is like, oh, I'm ready for the shot. Another one jams. He's like, God damn it. Uh, and that's his turn. Oh, Archie, you're deserters. up. All right. Um. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you roll at disadvantage, you know, fighting that night. You, you chose the right time to attack for yeah. sure, especially with your dark vision. How close is Plato to the cave? Plato is about 40 feet from the cave. 40 feet. Okay. Their leader is looking hurt. The guy who jumped off is looking a little hurt, but the rest are untouched at the moment. Okay. Okay. They are pretty grouped up. So I guess for my action, I'd like to use Scorching Ray. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's three rays of fire. Yeah. And the range is 120 feet. Yeah. I'm hoping that one will take out the leader again. So let's target one at the leader. Mm -hmm. And then two at the guy that is helping him with the potions. You'll make three attacks for this so yeah start start with uh, the first one on the leader okay 17 17 will hit yeah okay so that's eight fire plus one damage so nine from from your gun so nine total uh he goes down yes <laughs> fuck yeah okay that was how much health he had healed <laughs> yes baby the, he gets up uh, you know still holding the glass and you just hear it shatter on the ground as he falls down again <sighs> okay cool uh and then two at the one who had pulled out the potions before okay. so the first one's 13 13 just hits <sighs> okay two fire damage plus four regular damage six yeah he takes a hit uh definitely looking hurt but certainly still up okay and then one more 18 uh, 18 hits. Okay, 11 fire damage, 6 regular damage for 17. From the arcane... Ooh, okay, 17 damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first one he kind of shrugs off, and then the second one just, like, emulates yeah. <laughs> Like, this one is bigger than the rest, and just... <laughs> and he gets hit by it. And, and we'll say with that much damage over his total health, just... Pretty much, like, not fully crisp, but, like, set ablaze and is, like, running and then falls down to the ground. Yes! 
And then I've got my bonus action, correct? Uh, you have your bonus action. So I've got two unconscious and two alive. One of them is hurt. Four alive. There's six Oh total. my god! Yeah, four alive. Jesus! I thought there was like four of them. No, six of them. That shows my fucking perception right there. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> All those zeros, man. All those zeros. <laughs> okay. Let's take another shot with the uh, ballista. So there's one whose crossbow's jammed, right? Uh, yes. There's another one who's... What, what is the status of the other ones? Uh, the other one seemed to, like, fix it up and get it reloaded. Okay. And then there's two other guys that are just, like, they're just fine, right? Yep. One totally fine, and one was hurt from the fall damage. Okay. So, yeah, four guys left. One has a jammed crossbow, one has a little damage, and the other two are fine. Okay. Let's take a shot at the guy that is damaged. Okay. Uh, with the ballista. Roll the hit. 15. 15 will hit. Eight damage. Eight. Yeah. Uh, so with the 78 taken before and the eight here, he's like aiming his next shot and just uh, right in the like gut. And he just like looks down uh, at this like magical ballista that then fades away. He falls to his knees and seems unconscious. Woo! Archie is a motherfucking sniper. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Artificers are kind of hype as fuck, OP, dude. God <laughs> I think <laughs> what I like about it is just like how how much you can yeah. do, you know, between your your force ballista and your attack and Play-Doh. It's good stuff. Barty's like, you're gonna be severely outnumbered. Archie's like, I don't give a fuck, dude. Let's <laughs> go. Archie <laughs> out here. All right. Play-Doh's up. Play-Doh's gonna try to get even closer to the cave. All right, roll uh, another d20 at advantage. Oh, 20. 20? Yeah. Hell yeah. Is able to get pretty much right up to the mouth of the cave. Yes. We're going to have perception check for Plato to kind of like try to quickly look over, you know, what's in the cave. Okay. Not have a chance to grab anything, but do a quick look. So that'll be a d20 plus four because Plato has four perception. Okay. <laughs> Two plus four is going to be six. Six. Oh uh, Plato's like looking around, doesn't seem to have a grasp on anything. Just okay. Now. The next guy up is going to like look over and run again over uh, another another loyal servant running over to Maver and he's going to shove a healing potion down his gullet. Oh my God, these fucking potions, man. Gotta keep the leader alive. You hear another <gasps> from Maver <laughs> coming back again. Uh, and then it is his turn. He's going to stand up and not chug a healing potion on his turn. He's going to aim his crossbow up to you, point at you again. No one gets me three times. Uh, and he's going to make an attack on oh, you. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, that's a three and a four. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking so shit, bad. Uh, no one gets me three times, <laughs> like twenty feet over you, so high, <laughs> no fucking shot. The next one who had just fixed his crossbow is going to take a shot at you. Ooh, that's a that twenty and that nineteen. So not a crit because of disadvantage, but like a twenty-two to hit. <laughs> shit damage though. Uh, you take four points of damage. I'm at eighteen. Not oh, looking shit. great. <laughs> Uh, the guy who rolled a nat one is going to try to fix his crossbow. 
uh, 18, so he is able to fix it. But that does use up his action. Mm -hmm. You are up again. I'd like to use another spell here. Pyrotechnics. Okay. So they're pretty distracted by me. They're not even paying attention to Plato. So... Especially with those Play-Doh rolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like two nat 20s, yeah. There's two options. There's fireworks or smoke. Let's use the fireworks. So it says each creature... And I want to explode the area of the fire that's on the tower. Hopefully that's in range of some of them. Uh, they, they are out of range. No! Fuck. Oh. But you could just do it on that. Like, Can I? Yeah, it doesn't have to be... Because it says choose an area of non-magical flame. Oh. Uh, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. You know, you want to know where there is some fire within about 10 feet of them? The guy who got scorching rain. Oh, who my. Is like, <laughs> clothes are still on fire. I'll say, like, at that point, like, granted, it was caused by magic in the first place, but then his, like, stuff just set aflame, uh-huh. so it's not, like, purely magical at this point. I will say that counts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, baby. Let's fucking do it. Fireworks, <laughs> baby. And then it says, um, all right, all right. Each creature within 10 feet of target must succeed on a constitution saving throw or become blinded until the end of your next turn. The DC will be 14 because that's what your spell DC is. Okay. So they need to roll a con check above a 14. So we'll start with Maver. (laughs) Okay. So the leader is not blinded. Fuck. But the other three are. Okay, that's really good. (laughs) Yes. So, okay, okay. You got the. You, you didn't get the leader, but you got the other. Three. Okay, and I've got a bonus action, so let's take another shot, baby. At fucking Maver, put him in the dirt. Third time. Uh, roll, roll the hit. Ten. Ten unfortunately misses. Oh! Uh, just as his shot on you went overhead, this one goes above him as well. I jinxed it. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Okay. So then, uh, Plato. See if he can find that key. So he can kind of fly in there now. We'll have this be just another, yeah, another D20 roll. 11. We'll, we'll say for this, um, he kind of just starts going through different piles. Um, doesn't seem to find the key yet, Fuck. but he gets through a portion of their like stuff. Okay. So these three are blinded. Let's see, blinded creature can't see. It automatically fails. Ability checks that require sight. Okay. <laughs> uh, attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage. I'm going to say because they've been using ranged, and they can't see you at all, it just feels so dumb <laughs> to just give them disadvantage on a ranged attack. Yeah. Because they already have yeah. that. I'm going to say for for the purpose of this, for these guys being blinded, they can still make attacks. They are just trying to use their sound. I'm essentially going to give you, for these guys' attacks, you get plus five to your AC. Sick. It's kind of like you are guarded a bit by, I mean, by them just taking random shots. Uh-huh. You know, like they aren't aiming. They're just like, I, th- I heard the spray ballista. Spray and pray, heard, baby. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's just spray and pray. So first one's going to take a shot disadvantage an additional you you get plus five to your ac from these attacks that's a 14 which won't hit you because uh of this um next up is maver who doesn't have that plus five uh from it you see him quickly take a bolt and dip it into what looks like a little pouch to his side and load it and he's going to take a shot at you okay 
Ooh, uh, that's gonna be an 18 to hit. Can I shield this one? <laughs> you can shield Let's it, shield for sure. It. That's your reaction. You can shield it. Let's shield it, baby. All right, that puts you up to 19. Hey, good call. He poisoned it. Oh. <laughs> good call. Uh, it comes at you and it just bounces off and uh, he curses. Um, the other two will take shots at you. Uh, fuck. These are good rolls too, but it's not 17 to hit. Uh, blinded though, from oh. blind disadvantage. Fuck. Uh, and then this one is uh, 15 to hit. Yes. So, no. Good shit. Uh, you do see the effects seem to wear off a bit at the start of your turn, yeah. um, but you're up. Can I change the cannon to a different form? You can use one of your level one spells to change it. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to try to do that. I'll change it, use a spell to change it okay. to the uh, protector. Okay. Just to cool. give myself some extra sustain. And it says, um, number of hit, temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus your intelligence modifier. Okay, so uh, roll a d8, and then you'll add three. <laughs> I got a one. You're going to add yeah. four uh, temporary hit points. Okay, what else can we do here? It's your action to change it, and then your bonus action to use it. Okay. Oh, does it give me hit points each turn yeah you so it, each turn it'll emit a burst of positive energy that will grant itself and yeah holy crap. each creature that you want bad this round but assuming it sticks around yeah. you know uh it, it can certainly help okay you sweet long term i mean that's only if you use the bonus action for it each right turn. but yeah so then uh play-doh play-doh can find that key, Plato. Come on, baby. Right. Come on. Roll another D twenty. Four. Plato's search is a little slower. Gets to another section of it, not finding anything yet, and and covers a little more ground. Oh my god. You know, has maybe gone through at this point like a fourth of the stuff. Oh, come on, baby. One of them is going to use his action and movement to dash towards you. Oh. So he's able to get up within 10 feet of you. Uh, so this is the, the fourth one, not hurt at all. So he gets to 10 feet of you and you hear his sword. He, he's pretty much right in front of you now, uh, but that is gonna be his turn. Okay. Maver is up. He being hurt is going to actually move back a bit, <laughs> kind of trying to stand behind <laughs> his men some. Yeah. Uh, and he's gonna take a shot at you. Uh, seven, uh, 10, 10 total. So that'll, that'll miss. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say another one's going to dash at you as well okay. uh, with his other friend. So he'll dash up and he's able to get within 10 feet. Uh, and then another one's going to take a crossbow shot at you. Uh, which is shit. Uh, all this rolling with disadvantage, as it turns out, is not good for them. <laughs> and the one time they did roll well, you had all the bonuses from like shield yes. and the pyrotechnics. Uh, <laughs> this is a nine. So that'll miss. Sweet, sweet. Okay. So two of them are pretty close to you now, okay. uh, but you're up. Okay, I'd like to use Thunder Wave. Range is 15 feet. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. And they have to make a con save for that one? Yes. Unless you kind of move to the side away from your totem, from, from your cannon, this will hit that. It does have 25 hit points, mm-hmm. so 
plus four because it, it, it has a temporary for yeah. that one. So this wouldn't destroy mm-hmm. it, but it it would take damage. From I'm going to go ahead and, and do it. Okay. DC 14. Both of them fail. Fuck. <laughs> Both of them uh, failed. So they're under your 14. <sighs> uh, what's the damage? Three and three. So six. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> That's so bad, dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they do get knocked back 10 feet. So they're 20 feet away from you okay. now. Your turret also moves 10 feet away from you. Oh, fuck. So am I, am I out of range of it? You are st- I think the range of it is 10 feet. Yeah, within 10 feet. So you are you are still oh. in range with it if you'd like to use it. Yes, I do. I do. Points. Give me some more hit points. Okay. So my temporary hit points from before, are those still there? or No, unfortunately, they do not stack. But I imagine you'll roll higher than a one this time. A two. I feel like I need some big fucking rolls to get out of this. I'm scared. I mean, it's it's tight. It is for sure tight. All right, uh, you have you have your boy searching some more, mm-hmm. I yep. assume, because that's your action bonus action. Uh, roll roll another d twenty. Six. Uh, you know, trying to work <laughs> through it, but just heard a big boom. Um, gets through a little bit more of it. Oh, but is is not finding anything all that specific and yeah maybe was about a fourth before not quite a third somewhere between a third and a fourth mm-hmm. <laughs> so still a lot to cover with these shit rolls <laughs> so we have the one who's up close to you he is going to reach for something in his pouch and you see it's a torch and yeah he he's going to light a torch and run up to you. So he's right next to you mm-hmm. now. It was his action to light the torch, but you are lit up now. Uh, so people can see you, mm-hmm. which is going to take away the disadvantage uh, that they've been having so far. Mm-hmm. So Maver is up now. He's going to take a shot at you with his crossbow. Doesn't need disadvantage because he's rolling a nat five. So that's a, a eight. Okay. <laughs> he has an eight. He misses you. Maver misses you. Uh, Classic Maver. The other one who ran up to you is gonna, who just got pushed back uh, and took puny fucking damage from your <laughs> Thunder Wave. Dude, that Dude, sucks yeah. so bad to get six damage <laughs> from a Thunder Wave. He's gonna run up and he's gonna attack you with his sword. Okay. That's a 13 to hit. Oh. But you just, just fucking oh missed The last one who's still out away is going to take a crossbow shot at you for 17 to hit. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be six points of damage. It is back to you. Let's see, I've got one level two. One second level. And one level one. Oh, it's getting tight, dude. It sucks, dude. <laughs> okay. I mean, you do have uh, Mavers looking pretty hurt. These two in front of you, um, you know, definitely looking a bit bloodied from the hit, even though it was a pretty weak ass thunder yeah. wave. But I'd like to use pyrotechnics again on the torch. Okay. That should cover me in a 20 foot radius in smoke. And it says the area of the smoke is heavily obscured. The smoke persists for one minute or until a strong wind disperses it. All right. We'll do another uh, burst of protection from the cannon. That's a four. Plus three, so seven. That's pretty good. You point at the torch that the guy's holding and just, like, you see uh, what was it, like a small trail of smoke just, like, 
just expands massively around you, creating this huge cloud mm-hmm. uh, covering you and them. Do you are you gonna keep standing by them? Do you want to move away from them some? Okay, I'd like to move a little bit further away, backwards, but still within range of the smoke. So I guess like 19 feet? Yeah, within, so in the smoke, okay. And and where do you want to be compared to your, uh, oh, which you're 10 feet away from right now from your, from your uh, cannon. In which direction? It's probably like these guys right now are in front of you and your cannon would be like 10 feet to your right. Okay. So that would also be covered still. How about I I move towards the cannon, like just like a little bit further away from them, but still within range of the cannon. This will provoke an attack of opportunity from both of them. Okay. Uh, but you are completely covered in smoke, yeah. so they they have disadvantage okay. again. A nineteen and a three, yes. so that's good for you. And, and the second one is like a ten. Yeah, eighteen and a ten. So ten will miss. Yes. Woo! Eked it away. Play to roll another another d20. Come on, baby. Give me the fucking 20, baby. Come on. 19! <laughs> 19? Finally, finally a good roll. Plato like, is frustratingly looking around, trying to search quickly. Uh, hears a big thunder outside and then just starts to hear, like, of your smoke uh, being shot out. And yeah, uh, something catches Plato's eye. I guess you don't necessarily know exactly what Plato sees. I'm on the edge of my fucking seat right now, Rez. Plato sees something that he recognizes, which leads him over to it. Okay. And seems to see something he recognizes. So that's going to be his turn is seeing this thing and going over to it. Next round, we'll have a chance to investigate <gasps> further. Okay. It's going to be a little, a little bit still. <laughs> so there is smoke all around you. All around. You have moved ten feet. Sorry. I'm gonna say that okay, there was a guy next to you. He's gonna try to find you in the Mm -hmm. smoke and potentially try to attack. I'm gonna roll a dice. If it's a sixteen through twenty, he will perceive you. Okay. And be able to attack at disadvantage. Okay. If it's a six through fifteen, he can't find you. Okay. If it's a one through five, he will mistake his friend oh, as you. Come on, baby. Come on. Three. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's going to make an attack on the guy next to him. It is a disadvantage. You don't fuck with Archie. You don't do it. <laughs> All right. Fucking, uh, it is, uh, he rolled a 19 and a 13, so plus three. So he hits his fucking yes! Um, cool. Oh my God. Uh, for six damage, that's pretty good. Yes. His friend is up, but you just hear like a, I got you now in a big swing. And then just, what the fuck are you doing? God damn it. Uh, Maver is up. He is not going to shoot in there because he doesn't know where anything is. Mm-hmm. Roll a perception check. Perception. You're really high for this. Eight. You do not perceive anything. Okay. But you can, you, Steve, can listen to this. Okay. I don't know if you can hear the dice roll through. Uh, no, I didn't, but now I know <laughs> All right, that it well, did. it went. <laughs> okay. And then there's the other one in there who just got hit by his friend. I'm going to say there's no chance that he will mistake his friend for you because he just got hit by him, but... On a 1 through 15, he will not be able to find you. Okay. 
Uh, 14. So yes. he cannot find you either. Whew. Uh, and then the other one who's out there is not going to take a shot into the smoke. Okay. So it's back to you. All right. Now, when does my smoke expire? It said one minute. A round is six seconds. So you... <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to want to keep that up as long as possible here. <laughs> I think I'm just going to try to wait. So are you like trying to kind of hide in here? Yes. All right, I'll have you make a stealth check then. Okay. Which will help them make it harder for them to perceive you in here. Okay. If you roll well. 15. Okay, 15's all right. Sweet. All right, so so you hide out, and I assume you're using another burst yes. of your... I would yes. love okay. to do that. Eight. Fuck yeah. Finally. Plus, uh, how much was it? Plus three, so 11. Woo! You healed as fuck, man. <laughs> so then Plato is up. Yeah, roll another d20. The DC is not very high for this, but... 19! Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, you do not... Because you do not see through Plato's eyes or, like, you know, you have some magical connection to be able to tell where he is, but don't have full control over everything he sees. Uh, but Plato does seem content in what he has found. And, you know, on your orders, you had said, go to, like, go to the cave and find a key. Mm-hmm. He he starts to leave. Okay. He leaves the cave. Okay. He will get 30 feet out and kind of look at the smoke. Um, <laughs> not fully know where you want him to go, mm-hmm. but that is him. Okay. Um, I make a perception check. Oh, God. The fucking perception check? Yeah. <laughs> your, your best. Your best. 19! Stat. Your perception is minus one, right? Yeah. So that's a nat 20. Oh <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, I I just imagine you know there's certain things in D and D that we don't develop everything about the character. But you and you and Plato certainly have established some ways of communication. Uh-huh. Uh, you're kind of like listening out, hiding in here, trying to buy Plato time. You hear just kind of the distant like uh, with, with the snake head. I suppose it's like clacking of teeth and like hisses yeah. to try to communicate like let's. Fucking go, like you know, uh, in whatever way you can. Uh, but but you you hear kind of the sign that you would have probably just you and you know your homunculus buddy that you would have established at some point. Uh-huh. Another one in here is going to try to find you. Uh, is unable to. The two don't seem like they'll probably attack each other anymore because they like, you know, are like, don't 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 fucking. <laughs> Get anywhere near me. Uh, but he is not able to find you. He does move. You don't see where he goes. Listen to footsteps. It seems like he's probably trying to run out of the smoke. Okay. You can hear, it sounds like Maver is getting closer. His voice is louder. I told you I'd kick your ass and I'm going to hold it to it. <laughs> but really, I'm going to just fucking kill you. Get out of the smoke now. Uh, and he seems to move up a little closer. The other guy is going to try to quick see if he can see you. Does not. And is going to... Also seemingly run out of the smoke. And then, yeah, the other guy is just kind of walking around. All right. You are hidden in smoke. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you do? Can I nimble escape my way the fuck out of here? <laughs> is that possible? Um, I mean, nimble escape, I think, is more like close counters. Okay. All right, so you can take disengage or hide with a bonus action on each of your turns. With nimble escape, what you could do is use your movement to run. Mm-hmm. Like, away from where you think these guys are. Mm-hmm. Move, use your action to dash, which lets you get twice as far. Okay. And then you can use your bonus action, which is the nimble escape thing, to hide. Which would just make it, like, 
you sprint really far away and then duck beneath a tree and then you can kind of keep this up to the best of your ability. <laughs> okay. I think I'd like to do that. Uh, what direction do you want to try to go? Uh, <laughs> is it possible to disengage from this encounter? You can try. Yeah, I, that's what I want to do. So I'd like to just go in as far opposite direction as I can wherever there's cover if, if I'm able to perceive that. Yeah, I mean, you don't know where these guys all are, mm-hmm. uh, but you do know vaguely the direction that the cave mouth is and at the very least where Maver and another one of the guys would be standing at this point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can run the opposite way for sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to do that. You take your breath and like time to go, turn and just sprint out of the smoke using your action to dash. So you, you what's your movement speed? Um, 30? 30, okay. So you're able to run 60 feet. As soon as you leave the smoke to your right, you do see uh, one of the guys who is in there oh, with you. Uh, you're kind of getting the sense that like they were trying to surround the smoke oh. uh, so that at least one of them would see you. Yeah. He held his action to just shoot at anything that came out of the smoke. So he's gonna make oh. an attack at you. I think though, this is actually back to disadvantage because the fire that was there oh. that was lighting you up is now smoke. Yeah. That's gonna hit you though. Uh, 21 uh, for five damage. Okay, so now, I mean, I imagine I'm out of range of the protector, right? Yeah, if you wanted to use one more boost before you left, I'd be okay with that. So I guess my my question is, I keep the temporary hit points even when I'm out of range? Yes, yeah. Oh, thank God. And he will yell out, he's sprinting away, he's running away, behind the smoke, behind the smoke. Uh, but you're you're dashing, you get about 60 feet. And then are you just gonna like quickly, as you're like catching your breath to run again, just like duck behind a tree? Yes. Or something? All right, roll a stealth check. 11. Uh, you kind of get behind it. You're breathing loud again, reminiscent of not too long ago when you're at the doorstep of a party. Uh, not the best job, but <laughs> will do. I'm going to say Plato continues moving, probably sees the direction you're going, but also sees the danger. Uh-huh. So I assume kind of flying towards where maybe you will go, yeah. you know, away from danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, continue along that way. Okay. The one who shot at you is going to make chase after you, um, <laughs> but is not. It does not see you. Does not beat your eleven stealth check. Yes. Surprisingly, he runs thirty feet and is kind of like looking somewhat close to you, you know. But is kind of like, where are you, you little goblin? I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> the others are just going to use their movement and action to kind of dash through the smoke and past the smoke and kind of catch up to where the other guy is. You hear them like being like, where the fuck is he? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? <laughs> and then you just hear a shh from Maver. You're up. Okay. I hear a shush. I think I'm going to try to hide like more significantly if i can because i feel like i'm about to get ambushed okay so you don't want to keep running you're just gonna try to like quietly find a slightly better hiding spot yeah okay uh make another stealth check 22 okay (laughs) you know as you heard the you heard the quiet footsteps 
of uh, Maver's like heavy boots, you know, mm -hmm. stepping forward, certainly moving towards the tree that you're at. Um, right up next to it. He turns his head around it, but you've already left that spot. That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> you see the sheepish look on his face as he kind of pounces around the tree and like swings his sword down that you had been hiding behind just six seconds ago. <laughs> uh, but you at this point have snuck away about 20 feet into a little heavier brush and like doing everything you can to be as quiet as possible. Yep. Plato just keeps flying. <laughs> yep. Cool. Just flying away. Yeah. Uh, they're all going to try to find you, you know, yep. they're searching, but they need to be to 22, which is going to be tough. They keep looking, uh, but do not have a sense of you here. Maver is kind of standing his ground in this area. Um, and, and one other guy is like kind of next to him, but the other two have like moved out to another like little area of, of trees and are kind of like looking away around that. And they're probably about 30 feet, like in a different direction now. Okay. Two of them. So two are still near you, but don't necessarily have a sense on you uh, and two have moved away. Okay. Let's try to make another run for it since some of them okay. are, uh, are away from me. Yeah. <laughs> So two of them looking away, uh, you look up, see a little clearing, and, you know, just begin your, your moving as quick as possible. Uh, make a stealth check for me. 11. As you get up, like, there's definitely a bit of a crunch of a branch that you step on. And and you begin sprinting. You you know you do get sixty feet away. The two have moved away are still kind of looking in their area, focusing on that. Mm -hmm. As you kind of look over your shoulder, it does seem like you have Maver's attention and suspicions, but he doesn't get a glimpse of you per se. You know because mm -hmm. he didn't know where you were starting from and you didn't fully reveal yourself. You could just be a deer, but that'd be convenient. <laughs> uh, so he he certainly is still honed in on you and you know, attention directed at you. Okay. He's going to kind of wave to the one by him and the two of them are going to head in your direction, kind of trying to move quietly on their own. Uh, and the other two are continuing to like follow a lead on their own side of things. So it's just these two at the moment uh, as, as you are like breathing heavily behind another tree. Okay. What do you want to do? Do I know how close they are to me? You'd assume they're probably within 30 feet of you. Okay. I'm going to try to run. I'm going to keep running. I'll say as soon with like their slight attention, as soon as you bounce out and, you know, run 30 feet and then your dash, they do like notice you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you kind of get to the end of the run looking for another spot to hide, make a stealth check. 16. Here's what I'll say. As you're running, you like kind of scope a few different spots. You see like a pretty solid thing of bushes that goes on for a while that you're like, Hey, I could maybe crawl through that. You also see a little Creek. I mean, it looks pretty big to you because you're tiny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that seems to flow decently quickly and, and be moving along. Um, yeah, I guess you would be smart enough to know, like moving towards the direction of town. Uh huh. So which would you like to go to? Let's jump in the Creek, baby. Let's okay. go. <laughs> Carry me out of here. <laughs> You kind of like Yolo. run to the banks, get to the side, uh, and just like roll into the water, getting your goblin stench off you, <laughs> uh, in trying to move along. 
You do hear footsteps. You hear them run out. You hear Maver say, check those bushes. Uh, and one of them like runs over to it. They do not see you though. You just kind of float along and <laughs> Hell yeah. swim. Okay. Uh, make one more stealth check for me. Okay. Maybe, unless you roll like shit. Four. <laughs> My luck had to run out okay. somewhere. Yeah, uh, you are floating along. The creek, would, it's certainly not a river by any means, so it's not like losing complete control of what you're doing or how things are going. Mm-hmm. But it is moving somewhat fast, and, it, and someone of your size, it'll be, it, it, it's just kind of hard for you to have control. Mm-hmm. And you're, I imagine you're not the best swimmer. Hell no. Goblins. Not terrible, but not the, yeah. They're not strong swimmers. <laughs> You're just like small arms, you know, like very thin, frail arms. You're just not the best at it. Yeah. At least not like mountain goblins. You have a choice. With with a nat one stealth, I'm going to give you another choice because it's more fun this way. Okay. You either can make a pretty loud noise paddling, like to make sure you don't completely lose your shit swimming. Uh-huh. Or you can just let the water take you, which almost certainly will lead to different challenges of being pushed through rocks and maybe drowning. But this is your choice. You can, with with the nat one stealth, you can either do something to alert it or you kind of lose your way in the stream. What do you do? Oh my God. Um, I'm going to start paddling. Okay. (laughs) So yeah, uh, you, (laughs) instead of (laughs) getting swept away, you do a big... As best as you know it, like front stroke. A gobby paddle. It's really paddle. just a wild. A, a gobby paddle. It's not a doggy it's, paddle. It's a gobby paddle. A, a gobby paddle. <laughs> yeah. And you hear Maver say, the water's in the water. Fuck, fuck, fuck. The one who was with him is going to take a crossbow shot at you. Uh, that is a 14 to hit. Five points of uh, piercing damage. Okay. And then Maver's going to take a shot at you. So he's gonna miss. <laughs> One hits sucks, you in the water. Dude. <laughs> For the villain, like the big villain, Maver fucking blows. Uh, he's gonna miss. You are in the water. You have some control. You haven't been swept away. What do you do? <laughs> you are still moving with the current, but like you do feel like you have some control over yourself. Okay. I'm gonna keep swimming down the current. Okay, so swimming along. Are you trying to be quiet about it, or at this point, are you just like, I'm gonna try to use this to move faster? Um. Well, they're already alerted to where I am. So hypothetically, if I roll well for stealth, then I can be hidden again. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of like go beneath the water, you know, hold your breath for a little bit. Let's try that. All right, make another stealth check. 14. Where was this last time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yeah, you kind of like after making your big splash, getting turned around a bit, you now like dive under the water which seems to make you a little harder to hit and you're kind of swimming along. I'm going to say like you can't exactly dash while in the water because you are moving just with the current. Mm-hmm. You're, you're moving along. Sweet. And you get this, yeah, pretty much if they do continue to see it, they will have advantage on their perception checks because okay. they saw you just before. Yeah. At least that's how I'm going to rule it. Okay. You might get a little bit of like cover because you're under the water. Okay. But, all right. I'll say notably what you don't notice are crossbow bolts being shot in the water by you. Oh, that's good, right? They're missing me. 
Well, I mean, you don't even notice any being shot in. Okay. Okay. What do you do? Keep keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> are you are you staying under the water? Staying under the water. Yep. Okay. I'm going to say you're going to have to make two checks. You're underwater. Not the best swimmer. <laughs> First, I'm going to have you make an athletics check. Okay. For this one. Five. Now you can make a stealth check at disadvantage. <laughs> Fuck. Six. Oh, my God. I had a six and a 21. <laughs> um, I'm going to make the same choice as made before. You can either let the water sweep you away or make some loud paddles, come above water, take a big breath. Let's come back up. Uh, as soon as you do that, you hear Maver yell, is there? And they continue along. The creek while moving kind of fast, like people are still able to, especially while running quickly, keep up with it. Mm -hmm. Especially with your lack of swimming abilities. <laughs> it's certainly going to be a, a hard thing. Uh, both of them are going to take attacks on you. The other two don't seem to have caught up yet, mm -hmm. but they're probably alerted to near where you are. That's uh, They're at disadvantage because it's dark still, so that's a nat 20 and oh. 12, so that'll miss. Oh. Navar sucks. Uh, and that's an 18 and a 4. So both of them shoot over you, uh, but they do know where you are. Okay. What do you want to do? So their disadvantage is because of the darkness, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah, they don't have... Okay. Dark vision. I'm thinking that we gotta get the fuck out of this water. This, this is tough. <laughs> it's a decent thought, but not a good enough swimmer, and also not willing to uh, like maybe die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Can I emerge from the creek on the other side and try to make a dash? Yeah. All right, let's see that. I'm gonna say make another athletics check to see how like hard it is to paddle over, and that'll kind of determine how much movement you'll have left. Okay. Twelve. Okay, I'm going to say to kind of swim over, like you're able to get there, and, and we'll just say it uses 10 feet of your movement instead of more, which is pretty good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you can do 20 and then 50 more. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Give me the yeah, frick out of here. you start dashing. And then, yeah, at the end, you can use your bonus action to try to hide again. Okay, and then stealth strike for that? Yep. 18. Ooh. Yeah, so after a few rounds of them on the other side of the creek chasing you down, you pop up out of the water and just start sprinting past the bank. They are on the other side, which certainly helps you a bit. Granted, for them, this might be like, you know, <laughs> a eight-foot creek, like almost a jumping thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, yeah, you're able to run and get a nice spot behind a tree. Uh, they are certainly continuing their pursuit, but they are a decent bit away from you. Um, so yeah. Each of them will continue their movement towards you. What do you do? Oh my god, how do I get out of this, man? I just won't stop. Especially when every time you're close, then you just get your worst fucking roll. Yeah. I'm just gonna try to keep running. Roll another stealth check. 11. Uh, you keep running along. You had a little bit of distance because they needed to cross the river. You do still hear their footsteps behind you. Okay. And you certainly don't feel the most confident in this spot. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you want to do? So I have a catapult spell. Ooh, okay. It says, choose one object weighing one to five pounds within range that isn't being worn or carried. The object flies in a straight line up to 90 feet in front of you. You choose before falling to the ground, stopping early if it impacts a solid surface. If the object was for a creature, that creature... Okay, I don't want to do that. So is there anything within range that I can catapult to draw my scent off? Like, uh, 
Ideally, I'd like to maybe catapult like a rock or something to hit a tree branch to make them think that I'm running it in a different direction. Yeah. I'd say that like, there are plenty of rocks around, you know? Yeah. And, like there's plenty of like little things that you could just pick up and okay. do it for. So I'd like to do that and hopefully hit something. It's a, what did it say? 90 feet in a direction. So, so let's say I'm on the other side of the Creek. I want to follow the Creek towards the town so I'd like to catapult in the opposite direction, like parallel okay. to the creek, and see if I can hopefully hit something. So kind of like back behind. Yeah. Yeah. So it just shoots 90 feet in a direction. Yeah. And it, it, it stops early if it impacts a surface. Yeah. I mean, I'd be like, you would see stuff probably like a decent distance away, like trees and stuff that you could mm-hmm. just aim it at. Yeah. Okay. And you don't need to make a roll to hit for it. It just like goes and they need to make a deck saving throw, but trees can't. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you just want to kind of aim it back towards where you were pointed at a tree. Okay. Yeah. So should I All still right. roll for that? Some spells are like saves where the thing you're throwing it at rolls oh okay. and some things are attacked so catapult is a save so it just goes in that direction okay so you don't even need to roll okay cool. uh, for this perfect one. so yeah you just aim it 90 feet yeah and let's do it it just sounds like someone ran through a branch yes. um please you hear maverick yell this way and uh footsteps moving away from yes you. oh my god Okay. Okay, we're getting somewhere. All right. Sheesh. Uh, continuing the sprint and stealth. I'm out of spell slots. <laughs> Hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. Yep, let's keep You continue moving. Move quietly. I don't um, I don't want them to hear me. So you're not dashing anymore? No, I okay. Whatever makes the least amount of noise. Okay, I'm just going to say then you can do stealth a stealth check at advantage. Okay. You're kind of moving quietly now. You have the distraction helping. So this is stealth check at advantage. 16. Okay. You move along using the little time you bought, hoping that it'll get enough time to get away. And yeah, you start moving and continuing along. Uh, make a perception check for me. Oh, God. Here we go. Nine. Okay. Uh, you continue moving along. Oh. Oh. And after a couple minutes, you don't hear anything of them. Yes. You get the sense they're searching, but you continue along. Do you want to just keep traveling in the night? Are you going to look for a spot to like hole up and rest? Let's keep traveling for a bit. Uh, stealthy, I assume. Well, you're, are you just doing it? You don't need a roll. I'm just asking okay, yeah. you if you're doing it, like you're doing it quietly. Yes, okay. yes. We'll, we'll keep the last roll for it. Okay. Uh, just like that, that was your stealth check into it. I just wanted to make sure you are continuing your stealth. Got it. Okay. Yeah. You walk for a while, very quietly ducking between trees. There's one or two times where you think you hear them, but it's just a deer running through a glade. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Um, eventually... Uh, after you're moving along, you don't see Plato, but Plato flying along, kind of oh! keeping an eye for you, and with better vision and shit than you, <laughs> sees you Plato, and baby. flies over. Let's go! Let's get the fuck out of here! And hands you a little pouch <gasps> that has the uh, insignia of Clan Redass on it. Whoa! Whoa! Okay, I open the pouch. You look, it seems, uh, yeah, it seems like there's some gold in it and a little bit of 
uh, and a little key <gasps> in there as well. Oh, okay. This is a development. It's part of Clan Red Ass. Oh my god, okay. I clutch the key as tightly as I possibly can to keep moving through the night. Are you just traveling through the night? Yeah. All right. It takes you a long while. You certainly get lost a few times <laughs> on your way back because you don't know the area super well. You get scared a decent amount. <laughs> Poor You're going to take one point of exhaustion. Okay. Which means you'll have disadvantage on any skill checks. Okay. Moving forward. Um, it hits Dawn because <laughs> it takes you that long. Mm-hmm. And you, in the distance, see the town. <gasps> you just continue through. Yes. Go straight to the tower. Get me to the... Uh, or are you are you gonna rest in town? I'm gonna rest in town. Okay, where do you want to do it? I'd like to go to the inn. Hopefully, get like a a back room of sorts. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Fucking put you, me uh... in a cupboard. I don't care. Just <laughs> hide me. I certainly don't want to stay in a room. Yeah, you see the raven-haired woman uh work in there. She looks. She, you look terrible. Oi, lass. You're not going to believe what I've been through. <laughs> what do you need? Do you, Yeah. You can tell me about it over a drink and some breakfast. Or do you need dinner still? I <laughs> Listen, just give me a shot of your strongest liquor and give me a place to sleep. Okay. Um, well, rooms here are start at about eight. Silver. Put me in the cupboard. I don't care. The cheapest option. I need to be hit. Roll a persuasion check. <laughs> Come on, baby. I got the boost here. Uh, 11. Okay. Uh, she'll look at you, kind of look around. All right. Four silver, and you can stay in the cupboard. <gasps> she pours your shot. <laughs> he knocks it back like a fucking champ. He gets in the cupboard and goes to yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you go in a cupboard that's in the kitchen. She leads you to it, and... You uh, get sleep, so we'll mark you for a long rest. Your temporary hit points are gone, okay. uh, but your your actual hit points are back and your spells are back. Woo. I'd say at some point you hear voices from outside the cupboard, the familiar voice of Maver. Oh. Have you seen a goblin run through these parts? Oh, please, raven-haired woman. Please. The raven-haired woman kind of looks. Please don't do this. Don't do it, please. Someone yesterday walked through, but <gasps> traveled out. <gasps> you hear something smash, and then footsteps out and gone. <laughs> I'm going to bide my time in the cupboard a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's safe to emerge just yet. Okay. You probably wait there about 20 minutes. Okay. And then the cupboard opens, and you see leaning down is the raven-haired woman. You owe me two more silver for that. Oh my god, okay. I fork it over, Archie forks over the silver, and emerges from the cupboard, goes out the back entrance if there is one. You had out, I imagine you were cuddled up in there <laughs> with uh, Play-Doh. Yeah. And she definitely gave, the woman definitely gave like a, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this time with the help of a map, I'm sure getting there to the tower is not hard. Yeah, we're making that trek again. And yeah, you uh, make the trek back to the tower. Whew! And doesn't seem like you run into any issues yes. or, you know, 
deserters along the way. Yeah, you get up to the tower door. Do you knock or do you just go in? I just barge the fuck in, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I made it. I almost I fucking made it. Holy shit. I've got your damn key. He uh, stands up and looks at you. Good work. <laughs> I knew you had it in you. You don't have half. You don't have half the idea of what I've went through to get this for you. You'd be surprised. Open the chest. Archie opens the chest and he hears a. Yeah. You put the key in and click it open. And yeah, you, you, you lift it. There isn't actually a light that comes out, but you, you feel it nonetheless. <laughs> the first thing you notice when you open the chest is a blunderbuss. Oh. And as you look at it, you immediately know that it's yours. Huh? It's intuition. Uh, there are more runes on it now and a <gasps> few tweaks that you had thought about making but hadn't had the tools or parts yet to make. Oh! But somewhere deep in you, you know that this is your gun. Okay. From the slight chip in the stock that you made when you first put it together to your initials carved right by the trigger, this is your gun. Uh-huh. Beneath it is a book of runes, the one you found deep in the caves of Clan Redass. And it sits next to a leather-bound journal and also a ring with an empty slot where a jewel should be. Huh. I put on the ring. As you put it on, I'm afraid that won't work for a number of years. Yet? Years? 43 to be exact. What? Explain yourself, old man. He uh, walks over to the chest and kind of like lovingly puts a hand on the gun, touches the book of runes, and then ends on the journal, which he lifts out. Okay. And he looks at you. I've spent my life looking for magics, runes, magical items to learn more and become powerful, to bring back to my people. <gasps> what the fuck is happening? That ring is the most powerful thing I ever found. A ring of wishes. One wish. Uh -huh. To be exact. I found myself deep in my life, spending most of it trying to find a way to bring magic to my people. What the f Only to learn that one day all of them were doomed to die. <gasps> I needed to find a way to save them. So I made a wish with that ring. I wished simply to save my people. And then I found myself here, mate. What? Back in time from where I was. <gasps> Wars that had long ended were just starting. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Are you me from the future? Are you saying this to him? Are you me from the future? You're still not that bright yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> I'm so lost, mate. Wars that I thought had ended were started were starting again and cities that had once fallen were back and me in this time was just a babe still suckling at the goblin teeth <laughs> so i bided my time waited i didn't know what would happen but i knew that the answer would be you or me <gasps> you are me from the future what the fuck mate well you have a lot to learn and a lot to go through. 
if we are to save Clan Redass. Archie passes the fuck out <laughs> and falls down on the floor, completely <laughs> unconscious. Uh, time passes. <laughs> And eventually you feel just a splash of water on your face. <laughs> and and the man you up until now knew as Barty <laughs> stands over you holding a cup. There'll be time for that later. For now, though, I will teach you everything I know. You will start where I am now instead of starting from nothing. And maybe with that, we can save the clan. Sounds good to me, mate. <laughs> And if not, that ring works for one wish every 50 years, and maybe you'll be able to help the next one of us. Oh, indeed. Until then, though, time to work. Can we just, like, take some shots first? (laughs) He's like, or you look over the shoulder and you already see, like, a bottle of whiskey with some shots poured. I figured you'd say that. I need to fucking cope with this. Holy shit. (laughs) And uh, as the two of you drink together, you trying to weave together this idea of of time folding on itself and the responsibility for you and your clan and the magics that be, the ones that you knew that you promised might one day save and help Clan Redass. They will. That seems brighter now and more terrifying now than once before. But you feel the path ahead of you. Holy shit. And that is where we'll end this session. Oh my god! The twists! The turns! (laughs) Holy shit, I was not expecting that. Yeah, uh, I've been been stewing that idea for a while. Oh my Uh, god. And, uh, yeah. The fucking red-ass embroidery on the bag, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, we we will talk about this more on After the Roll and, and break down some of what happened and uh, all that. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, so, so we'll do that. Steve, thank you so much for playing. Woo. What a blast. Dude. First time DMing an artificer, and that was fun as hell. They're cool. That was awesome, dude. Okay, I gotta say... Like we said at the beginning of this, where I felt kind of bored with the actual gameplay, mm-hmm. that was fucking awesome. Nice, that, dude. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, I was shocked that like shit went my way. Like, yeah. Holy crap. You got some good rolls, dude. <laughs> and and just some good ideas near the end. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like when I like hatched the plan. It was just like spur of the moment. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to work, but I just think like, Need to try. like, like <laughs> setting this shit on fire. And then like my, my plan was like, I could set the tower on fire and then I could use like fireworks or like smoke to, from the pyrotechnics to distract for Play-Doh. That was all I had. So yeah. I was like, <laughs> and then from there, <laughs> that was just the backbone of my plan and everything else was just like on the fly. That was yeah, so yeah, yeah. much fun, dude. Hell yeah! I'm glad you enjoyed it. Well, we'll have to we'll have to break this some more down in in after the roll. Yeah, very very excited. Th- thanks again for playing. To everyone listening, thank you so dang much. You're you're great. You're awesome. 
I appreciate you, and I uh, hope you enjoyed the tale of Archimedes Brick, everyone's favorite goblin artificer. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, I uh, hope you all have a good day and or night, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Uh, peace and blessings. Bye. All right, we are back to some stories of the heroes of Cortia. So thanks again to all the patrons in this tier, and let's see uh, what your what your heroes have been up to. First, we have Virgil Bowerstone, a hill dwarf life cleric who, after drinking some mysterious water, found himself face to face with a massive serpent. The serpent first asked to be freed, and then, when Virgil refused, it pounced. Moments later, Virgil awoke at the side of the small body of water he drank from, seemingly in one piece. And aside from some dirt on his face, he seemed no worse for wear. He went back to find his party, and after reuniting, they made their way to the entrance of the lost ruins of Bienstpola. It was only when they got there that the bard in the party asked, Hey, Virgil, why do you have a bite mark on your neck? Following that is Aurora of Winter, a tabaxi paladin who has undertaken a vow of blindness in an effort to atone for breaking an oath to her goddess. With her eyes covered at all times by a blindfold, she's been traveling across the countryside of Cortia, enacting justice whenever the situation arises, which is how she found herself in a fight with four brigands who have been skimming gold from local businesses under the guise of protection. At the start of the fight, they laughed at the idea that a blind cat thought she could take them on. At the end of it, their jaws were broken and their hands were cuffed. Tozir the Jagged, a turtle warlock in service of a mysterious patron named Arthiai, made his way to the Imian coast in hopes of continuing to spread the word of his master. There he found a seaside village being besieged by pirates. Through the strong swings of his hammer, many eldritch blasts, and the empowerment of Arthiai, he was able to help the villagers beat them back to sea, saving many lives despite much of the village being burnt to a crisp. Tozir took this opportunity to tell them all about the radiance of his patron and how it would help them rebuild. Next is Hatton the Half-Elf, who upon arriving to the city of Teldwith quickly became frustrated with the disparity between Hightown, the section of the city where the nobles, shopkeeps, and craftsmen lived, located at the top of the bluff, and Lowtown, where everyone else lived, largely in stink and squalor at the base of it. So, through some clever spell work, when a cart of goods was being transported across Hightown, he gave it the push it needed to go careening all the way down to Lowtown, giving the folks there some gold, food, and goods to gather, albeit slightly smushed ones. Of course, there is also Lyra, the drow bloodhunter, who has been traveling to the city of Lens with a group of strangers she saved. Upon arriving to the massive city, she quickly became overwhelmed by the hustle and bustle of the city streets, the glares from folks not used to seeing a drow, and the smell of 50,000 people living far too close together. She sprinted off to find somewhere quiet, barely paying attention to where she ran. When she stopped to catch her breath, she found herself inside a section of the Temple of Timora. She looked up and saw a statue of the Goddess of Luck, and then a rush of memories came back to her. Lastly, there is Nazima Alta, the ratfolk fighter who has found herself in the employ of the Corners, the most notorious crime syndicate in Cortia. Currently, she's aboard a ship called the Daunted, heading towards the capital of Brana in order to do a little bit of a heist. While at sea, though, she uncovered a plot to murder the captain and successfully thwarted it. Of course, her decision to do so is mainly predicated on getting free passage on a ship whenever she needed it in the future. Worked out for both of them. Along with the heroes of Cortia, I'd also like to thank 
the citizens of Allhearth who have recently elected local favorite Beth Callow as mayor and are now preparing for her first town meeting. The attendants expected at the meeting are Boss Hunter 9, Travis Croats, Softstar, Adustus, Gleb Borjewski, Sam Pamsisko, Joachim Dahlquist, Nurse Bone, Savara, Phil Emarg, Grizzly Melon, Ming, Fiduge, Seth Rollman, Romakabi, and Bladed SK. See you at the town meeting. Thank you all, and have a great day.